Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Before we get into the episode today, I want to give a quick shout out to Twin Strangers Productions and their sci-fi horror adventure audio drama, Syntax, the fourth season of which is coming soon. Syntax is a fantastic show that smashes together science fiction, cryptids, speculative biology, and my personal favorite, linguistics. It follows the story of Silas as he works to translate an ancient text hoping to find clues that will help his team of six understand the mystery of the breaches. If you enjoy Annihilation, as in the the book, not the concept in general, or the Stargate TV series, I think you'll really love this story. Season 4 of Syntax is releasing in April 2024, making it the perfect time to start listening. Syntax is streaming now on all major podcast platforms. Visit syntaxpodcast.com, that's syntaxpodcast, all one word, for more information. Know the depths. Wish for more. Um, I've just put down a general like best worst story and this is more just oh. like if you have a story that springs to mind um... well I could have a lot of stories that spring to mind I don't know if there'd be any, <laughs> there'd be any good. well the best well I've, I've, let me have a look I did write something down what's the first one that jumps into your mind <laughs> my first dead body <laughs> Well, it was first year nights. I'd managed to get through 20 weeks of ward work without a dead body. So first year nights, so this would have been, yeah, so this was my third ward. And it was a, a medical ward. Yes, it was a medical ward. It was a diabetic ward. And it was two o'clock and you have to go do, do your rounds. So staff nurse had sort of detailed me off to go want to do one of the six bedded bases. You go around taking the pulses and things. And... I sort of got to this gentleman in the six bedded bay and he had what they have called cot sides because obviously he must have been fallen out of bed. So the cot sides were up at the side and he was sort of like half over the the cot side and I can still see, yeah, it sounds terrible. His false teeth were just sort of hanging sort of in his mouth onto his bottom lip. And he just he just had a, a funny colour. I mean, it was dark and it was just a funny colour. And I thought, I went to take his pulse. And of course, I couldn't find a pulse and he felt quite cold. And so I was sort of, I got a bit giggly. And I went and got the, the staff nurse and um, I said, I can't remember the guy there. And I said, I, th- I think he's died. And of course, I was... <laughs> And the night sister came on. So 
she she asked this afternoon. She's you know what's in this very laughing about and oh she's just found the gentleman who's died (laughs) so she took the staff nurse to one side and said can you please tell your student nurses not to laugh when somebody has died so the staff nurse explained what's our first our first one and I think she's a bit hysterical (laughs) but yes I can still see him yeah (laughs) that's I mean that 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 Leads into a question that that I've kind of I scribbled down before the call, but uh, about the sort of sense of humour that <laughs> very much the gallows humour. <laughs> there is a, a very specific sense of humour that you find oh, yeah. with people that work in medicine. You kind of develop from working. Um, you have to, because if you got too involved and too emotional, you wouldn't be able to do the job. Medicine, the sort of medicine I deal with in respiratory medicine is really not a nice uh, specialty because we get lots of people with lung cancer, we get lots of people with end-stage lung disease, so quite a few people die. So, you know, uh, we get to know patients quite well and then inevitably they will die. You're there to help the patients, you're there not to empathise, yes, but not it's hard to stay a lot of the time it's hard to stay emotionally detached but you have to you have to be able to and see it for what it is uh, you know we know I'm, I know my mortality rate on the inpatients is three percent that's the same as all respiratory physicians it's a it's a specialty where it's miserable the patients are really sick the patients are in dire straits also they're probably the poorest of the people and the way of coping with that is to develop a morbid sense of humour mm. and to find things funny which other people don't find funny. It, it can sound quite cruel, I suppose, but it's not that we're being disrespectful or anything. It's just that that's the way to cope. And funny things happen, you know? If you saw it in a film, you'd laugh your head off at some of the things. But it's, it's, a, it's a way of coping. It's just the way we're trained. You know, when I was... A medical student, we were taught this sort of sense of humour, and it was just the sense of humour that you, we learnt from our seniors. Mm. And it, it's just a coping mechanism, and yeah. it's good fun. But you know, it's always respectful. But there's just funny things that happen. If you get if a group of medics go out for dinner, they'll always, you know, nobody worries about talking about diarrhoea when they're drinking, you know, soup and, you know. <laughs> You know, if you have like uh, watercress soup and you say, oh, yes, I put a chest drain in somebody and got something out, look, out of that chest looks like this. And, it, and nobody thinks anything about it because yeah, it's, you know, it's just a fact of life. Gore, blood, gore, horrible pus. It's just part of life. Another one was a lady in a cubicle who just died next to the nurse's station. The cubicle was next to the nurse's station. Mm. She, I can't remember what had been wrong with her, but anyway, she, as I was talking to her, she, she just faded away and um, you know, she seemed to have given her last breath, checked her pulse and everything, she was dead. So I came out and then I went back in for something and then there was this next breath. Oh my gosh, she's still alive and I'd already phoned the doctor to say she died and I thought, gosh, this isn't going to look very good at all. So, so I went back in and I was checking her pulse. And I thought, she still hasn't got a pulse. And I thought, you know, 
saying the lady's name, something, you know, are you all right? And nothing, absolutely nothing. So the doctor arrived on the ward and then there was such a thud. Oh my gosh, she's woken up, she's fallen out of bed. So that was the first place I looked, but of course it wasn't her. She was dead. It was somebody else further around in the ward. And of course the doctor comes on and he says, well, is she dead? I think so. You know, I mean, an experienced staff nurse in charge of the ward doesn't know if a patient's dead or not. <laughs> I think that's all my death and dying ones. Uh, best story. I think the probably the well, I've got a couple of good stories. Okay. The best story was a story when I was a senior house officer at the General Hospital in Newcastle, and I'd admitted a man slightly confused and he has absconded from the ward so the general hospital used to be on something called westcote road uh so i rang up the police and said uh, one of my patients is absconded and he said right okay so what's he look like so i said well he's wearing blue pajamas and he's got a flat cap on so he said right we'll find him for you <laughs> so then they ring back an hour later and said have you got any more details so i said why he says well there's two gentlemen in pajamas and flat caps walking up and down Westgate Road. <laughs> said, ah, right. And then, guess what? The man turns up. So the, he's actually been found by, uh, in the police in the fire station because the the general hospital was opposite the fire station. So the guy had actually walked across the road and was picked up with a fire brigade. So in fact, there was three people wearing pajamas <laughs> and flat caps on Westgate Road that day. Another really good story. So I was uh, as house officer, and uh, before normally what would happen was you'd have uh, tea and coffee with the nurses at about midnight after they'd done the ward round. So you know you'd sit down with the nurses. Uh, they would go through the patients, and we'd write up the drugs, we'd write up the fluids and all that sort of thing, making sure all the patients were settled down for the night. And I usually had a cup of tea and coffee anyway. So I had my tea and coffee before I went to bed. And about four o'clock, no, about six o'clock in the ward, and the, the nurses rang me up and said. Are you all right? I said, yeah, fine. Did you, anything happen during that? I said, well, not really. I said, did you have to go to the loo? I said, yeah, I had to get up about six o'clock to go to the loo. And they just giggled because I'd put a load of diuretic in my uh, coffee. <laughs> so they put this load of diuretic in my coffee. So I thought, right, okay, I'll have to get you back. So about two or three nights later, I thought, yeah, I'll get you back. So they were now paranoid because they knew I was going to try and get them back. So they... When they were making the tea and the coffee, they'd they empty the water out of the tea, put new water in. They'd wash the cups out. What they didn't realise was that I'd actually put the frusamide in the milk. So uh, <laughs> they so they ended up going to the loo every about an hour or two. So these are the sort of things we used to do in the 1980s. You used to sort of basically poison your colleagues with <laughs> diuretics, and uh, yeah, so we used to do these things. Thank you. 
before we get into the episode today, I want to give a quick shout out to Twin Strangers Productions and their sci-fi horror adventure audio drama, Syntax, the fourth season of which is coming soon. Syntax is a fantastic show that smashes together science fiction, cryptids, speculative biology, and my personal favorite, linguistics. It follows the story of Silas as he works to translate an ancient text hoping to find clues that will help his team of six understand the mystery of the breaches. If you enjoy Annihilation, as in the the book, not the concept in general, or the Stargate TV series, I think you'll really love this story. Season 4 of Syntax is releasing in April 2024, making it the perfect time to start listening. Syntax is streaming now on all major podcast platforms. Visit syntaxpodcast.com, that's syntaxpodcast, all one word, for more information. Know the depths. Wish for more. <laughs> 